0: It's a big week for us. It's a huge day as the ticket is turning 30 years old today. That would have been January 24th, 1994 was the first day on air for the tickets. Big week here. The 30th birthday party is Friday night at the House of Blues. We're going to have a lot of fun and a lot of time is going to be spent today talking either, uh, you know, birthday stuff, whatever angle the each show wants to take. And I love hearing origin stories from each show and with the musers, with the invasion, with us, the hard line, it's all different. And I loved hearing George this morning, talk about getting going and this thing lasting for 30 years mm-hmm. and hearing George get emotional about it. And I i listen to moments like that. And, you know, now that we have our own show, the past six months has been, uh, it's been a, Little bit of a whirlwind, yeah. especially when it started. So, safe to say it's January now. I feel like I still haven't really had time to slow down and think about where we are, even though we had a month off in December. <laughs> yeah. There was maybe a little bit of that and it's healthy to, to look back at times because I started out a P1. I'm still a P1. I know you're the same way. Everybody on our crew. You got into this station because you liked listening to it at
1: first. And, and we're all roughly the same age. I'm a little yeah. older than y'all, but I remember I was 11 years old when we came on the air. And my dad was excited because he would listen to Galloway. He'd listen to Norm. But there wasn't an all-sports station in Dallas until the ticket came around. And I remember listening that first day to Skip on the way to school and it was it was I'm like hey cool this yeah. is great and my dad was into it for a little while but I think I stuck with it a little bit more than he did because I always remember my dad especially when talking about the early musers he said they're obsessed with farts <laughs> they are <laughs> they always come back to fart talk <laughs> which that I, for whatever reason that turned him off but I loved it I thought it was hilarious that's that's what we try to do every
0: day bring it back yeah. to toilet humor pretty but- much I don't like to reflect too much, but I think today is, I think you, you need to, and I think it's healthy to do that at times. And maybe not just with the ticket, but wherever you are in life, things that make you happy. And for me, over the past 10 years, this has been, this has been my life. This has been, I graduated college. I started working here. I felt like I was extremely lucky and happy to just be part time here. And I, you know, you have that goal in your mind that, Okay, you, you, you're you a part-time board op, or you're working promotions. Like, you have that goal that you want to be hosting a show someday. Sure. But you can't put, like, a time frame on it because that's going to drive you insane. Yeah, so
2: yeah. So for
1: me... You just have to be happy to have access to the club. Yeah.
0: Like, I started, I started full-time in 2014 running the board from noon to 7. And I wanted to be the best that I could at it. I wanted it to be fun. I wanted to make the other guys in there laughing and make the host laugh. And if I did that, I thought I was doing a good job and I was happy, but I still wanted to at some time move over to the producing chair and then move in here to to host a show. But I, I guess I started listening obviously with my dad at a very young age. He's a day one P one. And, you know, as a, as a little kid, cause I'm five years older than the ticket. I'm 35. I always enjoyed what they were talking about. I enjoyed their sense of humor. Didn't really get into it really until high school. I think my senior year is when I started listening every day, religiously, going to school. I had three or four friends at school that would listen to the ticket like me, and we would have our jokes, we would talk about... That
1: is big, especially when yeah. you're that age, because we're always talking about sports before school or in the lunchroom or at practice or whatever. But to have your friends who are also P1s along the way, that made you an even bigger P1, because it came around when I was in seventh grade. So into my high school years, me and my friend group, we all listened as mm-hmm. much as we could. In fact, me and best friend Scott would skip lunch... At Mesquite High, and go get to Taco Bell or something. But while we're doing that, we're listening to the Chris Arnold show, produced by Corby. And and with us, it was never it was never the sports talk. Like we would listen to that,
0: but we would always it was always the bits. And it was I remember it was twelve fifty on either Tuesday or Thursday was Gay Not Gay, (laughs) and we would listen. We would eat lunch in the basketball locker room. Me and my buddies Josh, Dr. There's a few of us that were big P1s and we would listen to Gay Not Gay every week. (laughs) DR. He's, it was Lake Dallas. He was very much how you would think he is. He's a P1 to this day. He's probably listening, but we would, you know, we'd listen to that. I'd listen to my senior year. I was taking senior classes so I could get to school a little bit later, leave a little bit earlier. So hearing Muse in the News, driving to work, driving to school and then, 06 was Donovan's first year at the station. So I remember mm-hmm. leaving school early and hearing Daily Donovan and the theme song for Daily Donovan every day leaving school. I thought it was so cool getting introduced to Donovan at the ticket. And, you know, fast forward to now that we're friends with all of these guys. Like It's it is it's, pretty surreal. It's pretty stoner, like, to think about it, and especially starting our show out in California and we're going to team dinners and... We're having drinks every night with dudes that I kind of grew up listening to yeah, like heck, I've, I've never told you but you know I listened to you when you started doing tickers and 07 it was yeah. and when I was in college you know I heard you doing tickers and you you were you were grinding your way moving up and I was like man that be I want to be like in that spot sometime to be able to like Be in the farm system
2: and move up. Like, it's very surreal. It is. I'm curious about the crew. Jay, when did, Ham, when did you guys start listening? When did you get addicted? Mine was probably high school because I'm one of the full time guys who's younger than the ticket itself. So I didn't really start listening until. Holy moly. uh, Post Grego and stuff like that. So there's a lot that I missed out on just because I wasn't really, you know, conscious of the radio station itself. But high school, it was really big, especially the bits and all that stuff, especially the basketball locker room. We always mm-hmm. talked about the bit, uh, fake Jerry, everything like that. And, uh, college, I guess that was when my first time really away from North Texas. So being a little homesick and stuff like that, I did not miss the ticket and especially when I was doing my internship at the Wolf. And I was driving here to Dallas at like 2, 3 in the morning. It's crazy. Yes. And I'd get back to Duran at like noon, and I'd go take a nap before I'd work. But I'd make sure I was awake in time for the start of Why Today Doesn't Suck. And I would turn down Mm -hmm. the college radio station (laughs) inside the studio every day so we could listen to e-news, and then it's back to regular scheduled programming.
0: Yeah, I was like that way in college, too. My, My freshman year was the spring of 07, the year... That October was Gregos last day. And, you know, being an only child from Denton County, going up to school in Kansas, my first time away from home. The ticket was like the way that I felt at home. So I would listen in the morning, I would listen as much as I could because it was kind of it kind of grounded me a little bit. It kind of made me feel like I was back home. And that's when I started listening like all day, every day.
1: Like, okay, where's where's Grego? Where'd he go? What happened here? What about you, Lando? I know you you've lived in other states in your adulthood. Yeah, but I he looks like a guy that has. Absolutely, I, I was born and raised here, and I, you know, like like you guys listening with my dad. I remember listening to the rant on the weekends, and my dad getting upset at certain topics, and <laughs> he would change the channel, but then he would always bring it back like five minutes later. And then we we do fake Jerry at the dinner table, like that's great. I grew up loving the eight forty bits, and then. When I got here as overnights on the weekends and you didn't really feel like part of the team. And then when Jay gets bumped up to top 10, I slid into the weekend morning board op spot. And I do want to thank Mino and, and Elf and Monty. Like I got in there and I was nervous and I felt welcome doing those shows and I had a, had a blast. That's key. You have yeah. to, you have to feel like a level of acceptance when you're real low on the totem pole. For sure. And like all the weekend people I worked with when I started in 01, I started in promotions and then I just hung around because back then the internship program was like, oh, you can do this. You didn't have to have like college credit. You know, it was unpaid. So mm-hmm. if, as long as you were willing to hang around the radio station, somebody would find something for you to do. So Frito let me become an overnight board op and you start working with all those people on the weekends. And these are names that some people in P1s probably haven't thought about in a long time. But man, Kevin Scott was one of the better human beings to ever work with. Mike Turley the same way. And those early years of just being up here when I could, I remember lingering during the nighttime show, the Hot Spot, and I was technically Doug Anderson and Big Dick Hunter's intern, and they had a Sunday show. So I was up here a lot of nights and a lot of weekends. And I've had sort of a... Forest Gump type experience here at the ticket because there's been times where I wasn't working, but I've seen historic things, including the incredible prank that the hardline pulled on David Robinson. Then he was the nighttime host of the hotspot. He had his buddy, his sort of intern, Johnny Showtime Barnes, and they decided to, you know, get with Johnny and go in on a yeah. prank and say, hey, we want you to tell David that we're stealing you from him and his show. And we want you to be part of the hard line. And there was like secret audio of it. It was really funny. And then they sat everybody down in the studio and was they, this during, cause I've heard this clip before, but I'm, the,
0: the backstory has always been kind of fuzzy. Was this during the hard line? This happened. Yes. Okay. This, this,
1: all this audio was played during the hard line. And this was before the hotspot, the then seven to nine show started. So this was mm-hmm. probably somewhere in the six o'clock hour for the big payoff of the prank. David Robinson was not happy and things got escalated quickly. And I, these are images that will never leave my mind. Now we understand you sent Johnny Showtime home last night. Yeah. Did you really do that, Dave? Send him home?
0: At least let him work his last couple oh, was of that days. Big dick no, that's did okay. That. I don't want to work for him. No, it was David.
2: Wanna... Dave, you sent him home, really? You sent Johnny home? Come on, be a man about it. Say it.
0: You do shut the.
2: <laughs> what you going to do dude. about it? You whoa, what whoa, you going to do whoa. about it, David? You can't do whoa. nothing about it. I will beat your ass. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> oh, whoa. Whoa. On to, David. <antioxidants> <FUCK> whoa. David, <laughs> no. Hey, no. Sit down, David. No, 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 <AUDIO> yeah. Hey, David, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. On on sit, down. sit down, David. Oh, whoa. Come on. on. Come on. Whoa,
0: whoa. Hey.
1: Mejor.
2: Come on, David. Come on. <laughs> oh, David. <whoa. laughs> come on David. <mammals> no, let's do this. Sit down. No, shut them. Sit down. Hey. Sit down. Down. Just sit
1: down. Dude, you got me in the middle of Come it. On. All of you,
2: Come down. On, David. Sit down. Sit down. David.
0: Sit down. John. Hey, man. God almighty.
2: Ain't Be cool. Come Come sit on. down. Come on. Are you sit, cool. down, too, hey. down. sit down, too, Johnny. Sit down.
1: Chill out, man. Those are God two dudes it. that were legit pissed at one another. And I, for, when I first heard it, I thought I'm it was just kind of a old. bit or they were playing around. No, 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 no. So I wish there
0: was video to this because it's... You can hear everything bustling around. Yes. It sounds like they're shoving. You hear microphones going back Dude, and forth. and w- Corby's in the
1: middle of I it. I was stunned that we didn't just like panic and go to break because I really thought there was going to be an. Was a, there any punches thrown? As, it got pretty close. I, people were shoving. I mean, there were Big Dick was in there along with uh, Danny and Corbin. Big Dick had Hunter, to, the personality. Yes, had to had to pull those two dudes away from one. Another. <laughs> like, oh God, what's that doing here? Yeah, clar- Whoa. Clarify. The, Everything's uh, flying. Close to the P1 <laughs> yes. Wild Ass Circus. Then the producer of the Hotspot uh, back in the day. Gosh, but what? that's the thing about early days when I was here. I was just up here all the time on the weekend or at night, and then I eventually, like you, Lando, became. Uh, off overnight board op, then I started doing board hopping during live shows, and I was the one that pressed the tease button for this golden ticket moment.
2: I'm Layla, a missing Baylor player, in, interest in federal interest. That's how that's a ticket <laughs>
0: God. See, I didn't know you were running the board oh, for yeah, that. Absolutely. So and you've been a part of
1: two of the five weirdest moments in ticket history. Absolutely. And I was the intern of Doug Anderson, who used to host The Ender with the TV voice of the Mavericks, Mark Folliwell. And I wasn't there for this, but I was trying to find something from Doogie back in the day. And to me, this is one of the most classic moments we've had in our 30 years, where Corby decided to get behind the board during the show as they were having an interview with a wrestling professional Mm -hmm. on the phone. So Bischoff's out. And that's because they've basically been, like, sagging in the ratings for a year now. They have been sagging. Uh, I would assume that's why. Yeah, I, I think basically you're right. And I think, I think uh, where it came from was from, was from the love-it-or-leave-it meeting that he had about a month ago in Las Vegas. Um, a mean, greedy, cruel, grasping, evil, <laughs> manipulative old man. Uh, well, I, if you call 42 years old, old, and that's what he is. That was Corby. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, um, the, in our, our studios doing their own show. Very there. bitter. Yeah. Somebody, oh, yeah, they're playing drops. Just a, a yeah, um, you know, he had that love it or leave it meeting, and basically, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't love it, and WWE obviously mm-hmm. did not want a guy, a lot of guys taken off, and they needed to get control of their locker room, and they felt like this was the best way uh, to get control of their. Locker room. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> that was another insane drop. I don't know what's going
0: on. Oh, Go they
1: had a love-it-or-leave-it meeting, and they felt like they needed to get control of the locker room.
0: And so basically... This show you. sucks. <laughs> I mean, it absolutely sucks. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> and that's... just doogie That's where you get high. the come on drop. Which if you, my, to,
1: if you go to a Maverick game now, yeah. they still use that as a drop in game.
0: Like that's one of those drops when you hear it in the clip, it sounds like someone's playing a drop, yes, absolutely. And I can just, I can just see that moment was, happening. Like it was it it was at Maple right before here. Oh yeah. Yes. Like I can just visualize Followell's in there doing the show, and then and, and he's he's, he's probably about at it too. like in my mind it's about eleven thirty at night somewhere very late. And I see Corby stammering in about nine beers in. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't see Corby being sober in this. I don't being sober was in that this.
1: late at, night, but, uh, he, well, was... late at he, he
0: probably had a few beers in him. And he's like, okay, I'm
1: just going just gonna to hide underneath here so they don't see me. And that's the beauty of working here now 23 years, <laughs> that you remember people like Doug Anderson and Kevin Scott and Mike Turley and on the weekends, Martine Raleigh and... uh Sean Linrose. I mean, Joe Lecce's been here a long time. Gordon he just, Keith. All those people. George Dunham. Yeah, I mean, but there's people that haven't been here for Uh-oh. like 20 years, and they Ty. were such a formative part in a... Ty. Oh my God, God bless Ty Walker. The
0: Rangers won a World Series for Ty this season. Like, did he lift the curse by <laughs> leaving Diamond Talk? I do yeah. wonder. Like, it's sad, but it's also... Kinda funny (laughs) that he stopped doing diamond talk and six weeks later the Rangers won the World Series. You know what?
1: Do you want to talk coaching or do you want to play more audio? I want to play more audio. It's our birthday. Let's play more audio. It's our our birthday.
0: We can do whatever the hell we want to do.
1: More next on the sweet spot. Sports radio ninety-six seven and thirteen ten the ticket.
2: Shout out to the player of the day, James. You could be like your favorite ticket hosts and head to Las Vegas steps for the big game weekend. Text football right now to 95819, and you could score a trip to Vegas and a stay at the all new Fountain Blue Resort and Casino, plus get two tickets to the big game viewing party at the resort. That is football right now to 95819. Thank you, Jay King, host of the Ticket Top 10.
1: Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Filling in for Monty today. He's David, I'm Sean. This is the sweet spot. We got. Why Today Doesn't Suck, coming up in just a bit. It is our 30th birthday here at The Little Ticket. And celebrating by reminiscing, played some audio last segment. We'll do a little bit more of that here. But before that, I do want to point you towards uh, the Dallas Morning News because the great Michael Hogue put out an awesome piece with uh, a lot of his own drawings of all of us, which is really, really cool. And, uh, and we look good. You look better than I do, but I I'm look pretty I'm good. glad you look good. Got I mean, that chiseled jaw yeah, going yeah. on. They kind of nailed it. Kelly Dearmore of the Dallas Observer also put out a huge piece today. In fact, I believe he's putting out more content about our 30th anniversary in the coming days. But yeah, go to the Dallas Observer, check that out, and the Dallas Morning News with Michael Hogue's great piece. So, And by the way, Friday night, if you're going, I can't wait to see the P1s that are going to the birthday party at House of Blues. It's going to get lit, bro. It's going to be a lot of fun. You guys going in there?
0: We're going to turn up? I will be there. Let's go. Hell yeah. I have to pre-record a top ten for it, but I will be there. Awesome. So yeah, let's let's talk more ticket. And Sean, I want to ask you this because I never, I never knew how you started doing tickers because I I talked about I I started listening every day, senior year in high school 06. in college I was listening all day. Yeah. And I first knew Sean Bass as the ticker guy from on middays, mm-hmm. and when I interned in 2011. Got to meet you. I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. It's Sean Bass. Yeah. I know him from Tickers. So what was that process like going from, I guess, doing weekend running the board, mm-hmm. doing stuff from there, and then getting promoted to doing Tickers? Was there like an interview process for not, you where you like, really. were there other people that were competing for that job? Cause I, that was kind of a, a dark period for me. I was just like, okay, there's, uh, there's Sean. He's the, he's the ticker guy.
1: What a lot of young people need to know about radio is just if you're available when things pop open, that's usually the best opportunity. And that's what happened mm-hmm. with me because I was at North Texas doing <laughs> radio stuff at KNTU, doing sports every day, doing updates and whatnot. And we even had our own talk show. The green guys paired okay. Sunday night with my friend yep. John Little, who you may know, and my buddy Eric and Drew, and Gotti and Bobby, and just a bunch of dudes that are still lifelong friends. And I was running the board, and while I was cutting my teeth in college, Frito needed somebody to do some tickers. I think it was for a normathon, and he needed some overnight tickers. So I was happy to do yeah. that, and it just sort of uh, went from there. So I eventually phased off the board and into the newsroom, and. Spent a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of early mornings. Maybe too many years, but, uh, (laughs) I'm glad I stuck with it. But no, I mean, it's like, like we were saying, there's so many people that have worked here in the past that I do want to remember on a day like this. I mentioned Turley and Kevin Scott. I mean, doing shows on Ticket Sports Saturday with Stu Mm Cedar, who was producing Elf back in the day and Sunday mornings were a blast you know with elf we Sunday had... mornings have always been fun <laughs> it's it's such a good time to do radio um
0: but yeah doing doing work in progress for all those years with Justin and we had cray tray for the longest time we've had jay run the board for us lando worked for us and you know when you're working your way up through the weekends when you start doing overnight stuff and you run the board and you do tickers and then you get to host a little bit like you kind of you can tell the people that they have the motivation and they have a mixture of the skill and they want to move up and there's things that kind of remind you about yourself in them mm-hmm. like I, I i see that with with you guys in the other room with jay and lando i was like okay these guys are on our show this is going to be fun i want good things to happen for those people absolutely it's like not going to lie we've had people that work here part time that kind of suck we they don't work here anymore but they might come in and out you probably P1s don't know their names because they might do overnight weekends for a few weeks, and you can tell that they're just either not P1s or they just want to move on to something else, and you don't really want to work with those people.
1: Radio's not for everybody, so I do kind of understand it. It's not the. It's changed a lot since I started in 01 compared to what it is now. And like when I go talk to the broadcast kids up at UNT, I tell them, you know what? Terrestrial radio, maybe not a great future for you. I'm not going to be completely honest. <laughs> you have honest them take out their textbooks and rip out the pages. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't have textbooks anymore, but let's play a little bit more audio. Yeah. We, we didn't play this during the segment last week where we looked at the 1995 ESPN outside of the line, outside the lines, talking about the explosion of sports radio in America. And a lot of it featured the ticket and they even took a few minutes to talk about the ticket's origin, which I think, I still think is fascinating. I think uh, other stations uh, have looked to FAN this is mad as being the prototypical station to 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 do their thing. That's where Spencer Kendrick got his idea.
2: 13, 10, the
1: ticket. Leaving Wall Street, on returning to Dallas 13, to spend to most of his heart, net worth on a small AM station, KCTK, the Ticket, boasting of sports General, with an at attitude. Yeah. We call ourselves your
2: wife's worst nightmare, Spence. and a lot of people we are. Uh, cringe at some of the things that you hear on your own station? uh, Yes, I do. To the hard line. That would be us. Just a few thoughts on the cancerous polyp of a broadcaster known as Bill Walton. Bill, unlike the other Bill in the White House, there is no question that
1: you did inhale and you continue to suck to this day. We don't care if we piss people off. The station's birth announcement was a 40-foot jockstrap on a billboard at a major Dallas interchange. And the measure of its success, after 18 months, the most affluent listenership in town, and an impending sale at a substantial profit to a competitor's parent company. Sports Talk Radio is a balance of information and entertainment with heavy doses of personality. If there's one thing, especially here in Dallas, that the callers and the listeners can sniff out, it's a fraud. Yes. If you're a fraud... They're going to sniff you out if you're and not to... only that, they're going to expose you. They're going to sniff you I've, out, brother. I've been yeah.
0: quoting that just around the house. <laughs> oh, you were you were fraud, brother. <sighs> just see a dog walking. That that dog's a
1: fraud. And I know it's been talked about a lot what Spence did <laughs> to help get this thing off the ground, and how Ryan's helped get everything the ball rolling. But to hear George and Craig at this time every year to talk about the risk they took as young adults, and George had a family, mm-hmm. and Craig had a Full time job at uh, Texas State Network or 1080 wherever it was to put your career and your livelihood on the line for a gamble that they didn't know if it was going to be around in six months. Now, luckily, we work in one of the best sports markets in the country, and it's an easy sell. You have the Cowboys, all sports station, especially in the Halcyon days of the Cowboys and then the whole out the the fallout of Jimmy and Jerry. I mean, it was. Great timing to have one of these in our fair And in late 93, Spence was probably thinking, okay, the
0: Cowboys are going to be in the Super Bowl every damn year. <laughs> so this thing is going to be, I mean, go to the Super Bowl every year. It's going to be like that for 25, 30 years. So this thing has some staying power. But yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of younger P1s probably don't know who Spence Kendrick is. He was he was the owner of this station. It was his idea to have a all sports station in Dallas, there wasn't Cumulus at the time. There was no no big company that owned the ticket. This was his investment that he took a risk on.
1: But it got bought relatively. Yeah. Quickly, yeah, he sold it pretty quick, which it's a great product. Yeah, and that's the thing about the early days that I remember is I didn't like listening to Skip in the morning, but I really liked listening to George and Craig, and I really liked the Hardline pretty early on. And that's why when you hear writers or TV people try to do radio, it doesn't always click. But when you hear radio people doing radio, that's a reason those guys have been around for 30 years.
0: Yeah, and you hear in other markets, stations that try to do this. And the time I spent in Kansas City, I'd listen to... They use our logo in other markets. Yeah, there's other tickets. Like, I've listened to other sports talk stations, and it's just... It's what you... It's it's East Coast just reading stats, and there's not a lot of personality to it. A lot of calls. A lot of calls. A lot of caller-driven radio, but it's seriously unique here.
1: It is. It's special. And it's made it 30 years and at least 30 more. Or maybe... we'll make it 31. Who knows what terrestrial radio will be even 10 years from now, but we're happy to be here and to spend 23 of the 30 years working at this place has been incredible and I don't take a l- even a little bit of it for granted. Same. Yeah, we we deserve a party Friday night. It's
0: I don't know. It's 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 a lot of luck, but the definition of luck is when preparation meets opportunity and I mean that's and all that met the P1s who fuel this whole yes. thing and to have that cuz we're really all just P1s it, at
1: heart. It's a secret handshake. It's like a brotherhood within the metropolis. Yeah, it's
0: kind of a cult or a or a gang. And it's the it's the best cult to be
1: in. It is. And we won't ask you to drink anything <laughs> Friday night.
0: We won't ask you to commit any violent acts or anything. That's all on you.